Hi, I'm Craig Williams for Beyond the Tassel, and I'd like to talk with you this week about the college essay. Would you believe that more people than you'd imagine consider a request to write something meaningful as a stressor on par with skydiving or giving oneself stitches? Well, if you're like most people, you're not a big fan of having to write something on demand, and I get that. Writing something meaningful can be really, really hard. But most admissions people tell us that the college essay that most applications require can be responsible for as much as 30% of the admissions decision. So it's definitely something you'll want to prioritize and give what I'll call a meaningful effort. But there's good news. Most of the essay you'll ultimately write is already in your possession. That's right. You've already constructed it and you probably don't even know it. Let's pop the seal on this thing and discuss what I mean as well as some proven strategies for putting your best foot forward with the college essay. Let's start with the whole purpose of the essay, what it is and what it is not. First of all, a college essay is not a term paper designed to test your knowledge on the Crusades or some other demanding hidden corner from your academic past. It is not intended as a long-form analysis of your writing or your editing skills. Many students feel that they're being judged by how they write with their essay, and that just simply isn't the case. It isn't even really a means by which the college of your choice will thin the herd by trying to stump you with a trick question prompt. A college essay is none of these things because none of these things will enable the admissions office to determine what kind of fit you represent for their institution. You remember fit, don't you? Yeah, we've talked a lot about it. And guess what? (laughs) We'll talk a lot more about it. But for the moment, let's remember that fit is a two-way street. We can talk all day long about how we don't want to be that square peg trying to wedge ourselves into a round hole, but what about the other way around? Colleges, in fact, don't want that either. It's just that they're the round hole. And like you, the square peg they aren't going to change. At least, not in the course of your admissions process. Colleges do, in fact, change over time, but we're talking decades, if not generations. Look, for example, at the gender makeup of college today. A hundred years ago, you'd have seen very few women amidst the sea of men. Today, there are more women enrolled in college than there are men. Academic and athletic priorities change, too. A hundred years ago, the University of Chicago was a member of the Big Ten, and home to the very first Heisman winner. (laughs) Football was their thing, in the way we think of Alabama or Clemson today. These days, they may field one of the smartest football teams in the country, but they're no longer part of the Big Ten, and they, for darn sure, aren't winning any Heismans. So institutional fit is a big deal, a really big deal, and it's a two-way street. It's what admissions officers are paid to find, and they'll use your essay as an important clue. Before we talk about how you can use your essay to make a good impression on those admissions officers, let me say one more time, it's about fit. This doesn't mean you shouldn't be applying to what we refer to as reach schools. You should. It just means that if you are the right fit, everyone in this chain between you, your parents, the admissions officer, and maybe your guidance counselor from high school will know it, and knowing it is a huge win, even if it results in a few rejection letters. Because remember, nobody's rejecting you as a person, or even as a student, or a candidate for an amazing school. 
they're only rejecting the fit. Once more, fit is everything. I've said it before, and I know I'll say it again. Strive for the most challenging academic environment in which you can thrive, but don't hunt down collegiate prestige for the sake of prestige. That is absolutely the worst kind of fit. It's not fit at all, actually. So how do you present yourself in an essay if your goal is fit? How do we do this without coming off as sounding like something we aren't? I mean, look, most of us don't ordinarily wear a dress shirt or worry much about whether or not our slacks are pressed, but we wouldn't go to an important job interview without considering our appearance, right? It's the same thing. You put the best version of your authentic self out there. You give thoughtful attention to how you want to represent yourself, but you don't put on some false persona. Again, wearing a dress shirt and some pressed pants isn't pretending. It's just presenting your authentic self in your best light. Emphasis here on authentic. That word is a key, a huge key to finding fit. You want to exhibit it and admissions officers want to see it. I tell rural students all the time about an entire set of advantages they have that many of them don't even recognize. And it's basically this, authenticity. We've talked a lot on our podcast about getting into the school of your choice, even if that choice seems to be out of reach. I've known kids from small towns who've gotten into Harvard, Northwestern, Brown, Chicago, and more. But the reality is this. Most of those seats go to kids from top suburban public schools and private college prep schools. And here's the deal. I don't think those kids are getting those spots because they're any smarter than our rural kids. I think they're getting them because very few rural kids even bother to apply to those schools. And if they did, I believe many would find acceptance emails waiting in their inboxes. Why? Well, it goes back to the authenticity and hidden advantages thing I alluded to a few minutes ago. These colleges and others like them all across the fruited plain are doing their level best to create a recruitment class that will be diverse, that will be balanced, and in most cases reflect the aggregate look of America itself. Now you may scoff at that notion based on what you think you know about these kinds of schools, but I'm telling you, they need more of your kind of student. They need kids who grew up in a dollar general town. Kids who have something besides vineyard vines in their closets. A little camo in Carhartt at Harvard is something they definitely need, and they know it. They need kids who had their high school mascot painted on their town's water tower. And they need kids whose parents have regular middle-class jobs. There is a relatability factor that college admissions officers are striving to create in their recruitment efforts. And it is surprisingly difficult given the overwhelming number of applicants coming from suburbia versus our smaller rural communities. Hey, don't shoot me. I'm only the messenger. But I see it all the time. Now, before we move on, let me just briefly circle back to fit and how aspiring to a more selective college or university can absolutely be part of finding your best fit. Culturally, maybe you'd think a top 25 school wouldn't align with your background, but that's exactly why I think it might be the perfect fit. I say this because our world is shrinking and we're finding ourselves, all of us, having to learn to adapt to new environments and ideas other than our own. And I think some of these more selective schools can put us smack dab in the middle of the kind of environment that'll best support our acclimation to this reality. Not just ethnic or racial diversity, 
but socioeconomic diversity, religious diversity, and the incredible diversity inherent in a place where culture comes together from all corners of our world. So back to this essay of yours. As you might imagine, since it's about authenticity, I'm not here to give you tips on somehow gaming the system. I'm here to remind you how great you already are and how badly the world needs to see you, all your strengths, all your interests, your quirks, metaphorically. Put that clean dress shirt on, but make sure it's your face sticking out of the top of it. All right, here are a few important tips, the practical tips, but you can take these to the bank. Number one, admissions officers love to see how a student has grown. Use your essay as an opportunity to exhibit some aspect of personal growth, but make it sincere and keep it authentic. Two, use details as a secret weapon. Don't just speak in generalities about an event or an incident. Break it down to the nitty-gritty, interesting detail. Number three, find your voice and use it, both figuratively and literally. That means I want you to write like you speak. Heck, I do it every week. Every word of my podcast is written down as a script. I write it before I read it into the mic. So read your essay out loud to a friend or a family member and let them tell you if it sounds like you. Number four, start sooner rather than later on your essay. Don't let this be the very last thing you consider in your application. I once had an architect tell me to be sure to reserve some funds in my building project for solid landscaping. Most people, he said, spend all their money on the building and treat the landscaping as an afterthought. Don't do that with your essay, because it is most definitely not an afterthought. Letting your writing and your ideas marinate for a few months is a great technique. Number five, keep it simple, but get very personal. Very personal. The more authentically personal you can be in your essay, the better shot the admissions officers have of seeing the real you. Number six, keep your parents way clear of your essay. Not to say that you can't share it with them or that you shouldn't, but for all that is holy, do not let them edit or write any part of it. Admissions officers can spot a parent's heavy-handed input from a hundred miles away. Now that said, I don't discourage the use of essay coaches. All right, These are people who are very familiar with writing and editing and helping people with their essays. Now, It's not a bad idea to have someone like this get involved in your essay process. It's not a requirement, but it's not a bad idea. Number seven, don't be hemmed in by the prompts you think you've got to choose from. In fact, just flush them all from your mind right now. Nobody cares, and in most cases, won't even know what prompt you're responding to. Write your story, and only your story. Seriously, I want you to hear this loud and clear. Do not write from the prompts your school or the common app gives you unless it feels like a perfect fit for you. Otherwise, just come up with your own. Number eight, proofread like your life depended on it. This is that thing about the dress shirt and the press slacks. Nobody will judge you for the brand you're wearing, but they will judge you if you show up with an overlooked mustard stain on your shirt or breadcrumbs in your lap. Tend to the details and get all your punctuation and spelling absolutely right. Number nine, get emotional. I'm not talking about wearing your tears on your sleeve necessarily. I'm talking about using emotion as the shortest distance between two people. 
Don't shy away from an emotive style. Here's an example of what I mean. I could say, my mother passed away last April, and we held her memorial a week later. Or I could say, we lost mom last April to COVID from behind the walls of her nursing home that had deprived us all the face-to-face contact we craved for more than a month. The memorial we held on Zoom while distanced brought us all together in tears and laughter and everything in between. Now, do you see how that second approach is much more emotive? It's going to connect with your reader, much more so. Number 10, try to engage the range of sensory language to include sight, sound, touch, taste, and smell. It isn't always easy and you won't want it to appear contrived, but you can definitely amp up your piece with a more full-throated jab at this sort of engagement. I highly recommend it. Well, those are 10 suggestions for writing a better college admissions essay. Now, I've spoken to a number of students who've told me that they sincerely believe they had no shot based strictly on their academics for admission into a number of what you might think of as dream schools or highly selective schools, but that they were convinced it was their essay that pulled it out for them and claimed the day in the end. Now, I'm sure you can see that I'm a huge believer in the power of the essay, and I want you to be too. So go find a comfortable spot in a library or a coffee shop, someplace in your home where you won't be disturbed, or just wherever you're most comfortable, and find your voice. I think you'll be surprised where it can take you. Well, that's it for this week. Next week, we're going to tackle a top-to-bottom best practices approach to completing your college application. Now, we'll focus on the Common App as well as a few examples I've pulled of the proprietary applications used by some state schools and private schools. We'll also take a wee look at the financial aid piece of the puzzle. We're going to save most of that for another episode altogether. Until then, I'm Craig Williams for Beyond the Tassel. Stay safe, stay healthy, and stay engaged in your amazing journey.